Galatians 5.22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the afflictions, with the affections and lust. Excuse me. And if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Precious Lord, give us the strength, the courage, the boldness to walk in the spirit in a dark world. In a crazy world, around crazy folks. And let us also remember that there was a time we were those crazy folks. But God, who is rich in mercy, quickened us when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Now, Father God, we ought to be walking in spiritual boldness and power. Father God, help us today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We, we're, on, on, we're on lesson 13 of our series on the commands of God found in the New Testament. There's, there's 10, 1,050 of them. Today we begin a new series. And I'm going to call this the Walking in the Spirit series. How about that? Verse, 20, verse 25 of Galatians 5. It says, if we live in the Spirit. How about that? If the Spirit lives in us. Let us walk in the Spirit. Somebody say, well, I, I've heard that before. But what does it mean to... To walk in the spirit. How about that? There's a lot the Bible says about walking and about our walk. Our walk tells us or tells a, a fallen world a lot about us. There's a, there's a, there's a walk of, of a new life. Think about it. We say we born again. We, we've been filled with the spirit of God and we ought to walk how? In Newness of life. Anybody heard that verse before? Walking in newness of life. Think about it. I mean, don't you feel good when you're wearing some, something new? I, 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 when I go to the gym, I like to, I like to dress nice. Get me a, you know, I like to get me a nice pair of Under Armour tennis shoes. And, and I feel good when I got a pair of new tennis shoes. Oh, my goodness. Paul, Paul says this. Think about this in Romans 6, 4. He said, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also shall walk in newness of life. How about that? Walking in newness of life. Somebody sang a song years ago. I got a, a new attitude. Well, your attitude ought to be new. When you, when you come to the Lord, when you are born again, when God fills you with the power of the Holy Spirit, we ought to walk in newness of life. We ought, we ought to shine like Lazarus. 
When we remember Lazarus, when Lazarus was in the room, he was the only person that ever took the attention away from Jesus. If you've been born again, you know what? You like Lazarus. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me share that story with you about Lazarus. Found in John chapter 12. Now, now, now watch this. This is the word of God. This is not me making this up. It says, and much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only. How about that? They knew Lazarus was there. They wanted to see somebody born again. They wanted to see somebody who had been raised from the dead. We've all been raised from the dead. If we've been honest, if we're honest with ourselves, we've been raised from the dead. Amen. Or should I just speak for myself? Because if you haven't been raised from the dead, you're still dead. Okay? If, if something supernatural hasn't happened to you, Salvation is one. Y'all hear me say it all the time. I stole it off a of, of Paul Washer. He would say salvation is a supernatural act of God whereby we become new creatures. You know where he got it from? Paul got it from Paul the apostle. You know what Paul the apostle said in 2 Corinthians 5.17? Therefore, if any man be in Christ... He's a new creature, meaning what? Something supernatural has happened. So many, so many folks, so many folks think joining the church is, they, they say, oh, I, I joined the church. That ain't supernatural. <laughs> Anybody can join the church. But when you get saved, something supernatural has happened to you. Okay? You've been raised from spiritual deadness into spiritual life. Now you're walking in newness of life. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That's a beautiful thing. Your sins have been forgiven. Your sins have been forgiven again. Your sins have been forgiven. And your sins have been forgiven. You walk in the newness of life. Now, now that's not an invitation. I'm not saying you ought to send it up. I'm not saying send it up. <laughs> Clum is laughing. I'm not saying send it up. I'm walking in newness of life. No, your newness of life ought to, ought to cause us sin less. Watch Lazarus. Watch Lazarus. See, y'all think. Here's, here's why I heard, I, heard, I heard Jake say it this morning when he was praying. You know, some folks scared. I don't need to, has anybody ever heard a preacher say getting saved is scary? Getting saved can be scary. Okay? Let me tell you why. Watch. Watch what they wanted to do to Lazarus. See, sometimes, sometimes you miss these if you don't study the scriptures right. Watch what they wanted to do. They wanted to kill Lazarus. Again. How about that? You've been raised from the dead and folks want to kill you. Again. That's what the scripture's saying. He said, much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there and they came not for Lazarus' sake only, but they might see Lazarus also whom he had raised from the dead. I'm not going to stop there. Watch verse 10. But the chief priest consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. You, does anybody here think for one second that Lazarus was worried about dying again? <laughs> 
Lazarus, Lazarus was high enough. I've been dead. And, but that's all we ought to feel as Christians. We can't worry about. We got to go out here and testify about Jesus. Tell a lost world about Jesus. We and, and we can't worry about dying again. What's the worst going to happen? You're going to raise us up. Amen. I, I, I was talking to a guy. I was talking to a guy. He loved the Lord. This guy loved the Lord. This guy loved the Lord. His wife called me. Can you come talk to my husband? He's scared to go to sleep because he's scared he's going to die. That's normal. And I go talk to him. I said, you know what? That's normal, buddy. I said, do you believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life? Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the grave? Yes, I do. Yes, I do, pastor. Yes, I do. Then, then when you go to bed, do you go to bed believing that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yes, I do. So even if you die in your sleep, you're going to die believing. Amen. He didn't look at me and then shake his head and say, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. And we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. Oh, easier said than done, right? Listen, not only should, should we walk in newness of life. How about that? Paul says this. Paul says this. We ought to walk worthy. How about that? How about that? We ought to walk worthy. That's a, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. Think about this. Think about this. Now, I, now I've been doing foster care for a long time. Cindy and I, and a lot of our, a lot of our foster care people, children that we had, they, you know, they, they call us from prison. Yes, this, is, this call is coming from a correctional institution. Okay? They're lonely, and, 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 and a lot of times they need stuff. Paul. Paul is calling the Philippian church From a correctional facility. Okay. Okay. Where am I? He's calling the Ephesian church. He's calling the Ephesian church from prison. Imagine getting a call from someone in prison. In prison. Now, they, now the prisons in that day wasn't like the prisons in this day. They didn't have vending machines and coffee machines, and you couldn't bring them in Whoppers and Burger King and all that. No, 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 no. Prisons didn't have toilets in Paul's day. The, the toilet was the corner in the dirt floors. Okay? And if you visited somebody in the prison, you didn't get you just didn't say, hey, I'm ready to go. You stayed there as long as until them, them officers let you leave. Epaphroditus came and visited Paul in prison, got sick, so sick, he was he was near death. So here's Paul. Calling the church from prison. And watch what he says. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, Ephesians 4 and 1, if you want to follow me. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. You know, he was in a Roman jail. 
Okay? He could have said, I am the prisoner of the government. He didn't say that. He said, I'm the prisoner of the Lord. Watch this. And he's, he's writing this letter to the, to the church. He, said, I be, he says, and I beseech you that ye walk worthy. Ain't that amazing? Ephesians 4.1. He, he, he's telling somebody from prison is calling the people saying, walk worthy. That's a command. We talking about the ten, the one thousand fifty commands in the Bible. Paul is making a command here, as with apostolic authority, to the people of God, including us, walk worthy. How's your walk? How's your walk? Now I asked the lady, I asked the lady a couple weeks ago, and I said, how are you and God getting along? You know, she said, we get along great. How are you and God getting along? She asked that to back at me. <laughs> okay. Something to think about. All right. Paul says to the people of God, walk worthy. Then he finishes it. Of the vocation wherewith you are called. That word vocation. That word vocation means the invitation. The invitation. Walk worthy of the grace and the mercy and the love and the kindness that God showed you by saving you. Walk worthy of that. That's something. Walk worthy of. How about that? How about that? That's heavy? That is. Paul Paul, a lot about Paul. Let's switch it up. Let's switch it up. Walk in the light. How about that? Anybody here light up a room? You ever, you, you, hear, you ever hear somebody, when they, when they come in, they just light up the room. As, as believers, when we walk in, in, into, in the darkness of this world, we ought to be a light. We ought to be a light. People, people are looking for a light. People, people are looking for help. People are looking for how can I get out of this mess I'm in. People are looking for that. I, I mean, this is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time to be a Christian. I tell people this is the most wonderful time to be a Christian. How about that? Because where could you go and not run into lost folks? Where can you go? And, and not run into folks that need Jesus Christ. Where can you go? Anybody go to a high school football game? How about that? You got, you got, you got the whole stands. Folks getting ready to celebrate Halloween. I, I, I sit there, I, I, I sit there, and I watch these folks grown. Listen, 60, 70 years old, still dressing up for Halloween. Listen, <laughs> and they ain't dressed up as an old man. <laughs> Halloween is a wonderful opportunity to talk about Jesus. It's a wonderful opportunity to talk about Jesus. Okay? Paul says, or John, I'm going to switch. I'm going to give you John. Here's John in 1 John 1 7. Now, watch, watch what he says. Watch what he says. He says, but if we walk in the light, somebody stop me. Somebody say, Pastor, what's it mean to walk in the light? Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light of the world. 
When we, when, we, when we are saved, that light lives in us. That light illuminates us. That light gives us understanding of the scripture. Anybody ever here been studying, studying to show yourself approved? You get stuck on the scripture and, and you just ask God. Just stop in the middle of it and say, God, help me with the scripture. Help me, help me apply the scripture to my life. God, God will answer that. God will answer that. No, he might answer. He might answer by you having a someone call, someone to call. You may, hey, pastor, text, Google, help. Go on sermon audio. Explain, somebody will explain that text to you if you if you stuck on a on a, on a verse. And get someone that you understand to explain it to you. But Paul, but John is saying here, but if we walk in the light, as he is the light. We have fellowship one with another. Anybody ever try to fellowship with someone that you don't believe nothing they say? <laughs> you can't do it. You, you, you can't do it. You can't fellowship with folks and you don't believe nothing they say. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm just, this is what it's saying to me. He says, as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another. Amos 3, 3 says what? How can two walk together except they agree? Can you have fellowship with someone? Can you have fellowship with someone that, that says, well, I, I heard, I've heard Christians say, well, I got, I, I got a Muslim. He's my best friend. You, as a Christian, a Muslim cannot be your best friend. Amen. Forget it. How, you see people, Pastor, you, you know, you, you, you just, you got Islamophobic. No, I don't. I know what they believe. And if they true to what they believe, you can't have fellowship with them. Somebody say, explain that. Will you go to, you go to the mosque where in Egypt, wherever they worship Allah and all that, and they say, Allah has no son. Right on the door. You know, but you walk into a church, David, you walk into a church and they say, Allah has no son. Who would? Well, you know, I got, I got a buddy here. He invited me here. Listen, I'm not going nowhere as a Christian and I'm walking into anything that says Allah has no son. Amen. Because the God I serve and the God that saved my wretched soul had a son. Amen. And his name was Jesus. Amen. Okay. And he walked this earth for 33 and a half years after being born of a virgin and they nailed him to the cross and then they buried him and on the third day he rose from the grave that's the God I serve Amen. that's the God I serve and that's the God I'm going to die serving Amen. that's the God that I'm going to spend my last breath serving how about that hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. I'm all over the place, but I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. We're going to walk. We're going to walk with the Lord. How do we do this? How do we, how do we walk with the Lord? Listen. Jude, Jude, Jude says this. You got to keep yourselves. In the love of God. I, I, I like that. You, you know, that word keep, it means there's some effort required. Think about some of the things that we 
keep. Okay? Nothing you keep, you can keep with no effort. Okay? Let me, let me give you some examples that I come up with. You want to keep in shape. Yeah, you know, I'm, y'all, know, I, y'all know that was going to be first on my list. Somebody asked, I knew that was going to be first on this list. You want to keep in shape. Is that easy to do? No. Do I always feel like getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning going to work out? No. Do I always want to eat broccoli while everybody else is eating french fries? <laughs> no. Okay, let me get off that. It's food day today. I don't want to mess y'all's appetite up. Say you want to keep your vehicle nice. What do you do? Got to keep it clean. Got to wash it. Get the oil changed. All that. You got to, you know, you got to keep it. You want to keep your house yeah. Say you want to keep your house clean. You want to keep your home clean. What you got to do? You got to be vacuuming, dusting, mopping. All that. How about this one, Jake? You want to keep your credit card balanced low. What you got to do? You got to say no to some stuff. You got to stay out of Target and off Amazon and all that. (laughs) Jude, going back to our text, watch what Jude says. In Jude 121, watch what he says. He said, keep yourselves in the love of God. I, I like that. Keep yourself in the love of God. What are you talking about? Keep loving God. Keep doing things that's going to keep you in the love of God and stay away from stuff that's going to take you away from the love of God. Amen. That makes sense? Yes. Read and explain it. Can I sit down on that one? Keep yourself in the love of God. Watch. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. How about that? You're looking for God's mercy. You're looking for God's grace. If you don't see God's mercy and God's grace and God's love in something, keep away from it. How about that? Mm-hmm. I, I, there's, a, there's a text that says, in all we eat, drink, and do, do to the glory of God. So that's the standard. Okay, how's this going to give God glory? Okay. How's this showing the world that I love Jesus? How, if I do this, how am I thanking God for his grace and his mercy and his kindness that he's shown me? Think about that. That's interesting to me. That's interesting to me. There's a work involved. Philippians 2, Paul's talking to the Philippian church. Now, now Paul had expectations for the Philippian church. He loved the Philippian church. It was a church where he went and, and he called it the church of joy. That was one of the nicknames for the Philippian church. Joy. And watch what he says. Watch what he says to this church because, you, you, you know, joy, joy, joy just don't come. It's not natural to be joyful. Okay? People are like, it's natural to be joyful. You're just a naturally happy person. No, 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 they're not. You got to work on your joy. How do you work? Keeping yourself in the love of God. Watch what, watch what, watch what Philippians, Paul says to the Philippian church in Philippians 2.12. Watch this. He said, wherefore, my beloved, he loved the Philippian church. Okay? He said, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence only. Let me stop there. Ain't it easy to obey God when you're sitting in church? 
You know, you got your Sunday on and, you know, I'm going to obey God. You know, it's, it, and then, then, then four o'clock come. See, 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 and all your, all your folks that ain't been to church calling you now, texting you, and they on Facebook and stuff. And you down now, they, you know, you've been to church. They ain't been to church. They've been texting since 9 o'clock. Let me stop. He said, wherefore, my beloved, us, us, as you have always obeyed, not, not, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Watch this now. Work out. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your, work out your salvation. Okay, if, if that salvation is real, it's going to work. It's going to want to work. If your salvation is real, it's going to want to give God glory. It's going to give God. It's going to want to say amen to, to, to good singing and preaching and teaching. That salvation, put it to work. It wants to work. A salvation don't work ain't salvation. How about that? I just meet, I just meet so many people who, who, who say they say filled with the Holy Spirit and ain't, can't do nothing for the Lord. Can't do nothing. I said, what, what do you do for the Lord? I said, you ever go visit people in nursing homes? Ah, I can't smell them. I can't handle the smell. You ever, you ever just wanted to work with children? Ah, I don't like them bad kids. You ever go knock on doors? Ah, it's too dangerous. You ever bake a cake? Ah, I'm on a diet. Yeah, whatever. We got a lot of reasons. Here's what Paul told. I, I, I think this was the number one reason, the number one reason or the number one way that you can stay in the love of God. How about that? Keep yourselves in the love of God. Look at this verse. Titus 2.13. Somebody read, I think Deacon Jeremy read it just a few weeks ago on Sunday morning. Look at this verse. You want to you ask, you want to you talk to somebody, you want to say, hey, look, you need to keep yourself in love of God. Pastor, I have a hard time keeping myself in the love of God. I really do. I struggle keeping myself in the love of God because there's stuff going on. Watch what Titus says. And, and, and remember, when you read Titus or Timothy, you're reading the pastoral epistles. This is, these are the epistles that Paul wrote to Titus and Timothy and to the church. They were circular letters, and this is what he wanted them to teach. Okay? So he says in Titus 2.13, you want to you keep that love for God. Watch what he says. Looking for that blessed hope. Stop there. What is that blessed hope? That when we leave this place, when we leave this place, when our days is over, when our number is called, when our appointment, according to Hebrews 9.27, therefore it is appointed unto man. Wants to die. Mm -hmm. And after that, the judgment. Here's what Titus is, is. Here's what Paul is telling Titus. Looking for that blessed hope. How about that? Looking for that blessed hope. Are, are you looking for that blessed hope? Come on here. Some, some people you can talk to. I don't know this church. You know, this church is conditioned. Okay. I start talking to people about dying and they get panicky. Like, you, you think you're going to live forever? God gives us more time to prepare for death than 
any other event we may ever do. And most people prepare for a graduation party or a baby shower. They put more preparation in a baby shower than they do in eternal life. Isn't that scary? They planted it. They got the, they got the room. They planted it. They borrowed money from everybody. They got it all over Facebook. We got a baby shower. And they ain't thought a minute about eternal life. Think about that. That's deep. That's deep. And dying ain't cheap. Amen. Let me tell y'all something. Everybody in here, I know I got the right. Dying ain't cheap. You know, listen, listen. Getting cremated, you got to have some money to get cremated. Okay? Well, you know, we'll just do, what's that called? We, we people donate money. We'll just... I forget. Okay. Go fund me. Go fund me. Titus 2.13. I'm going to get ready to close. Okay, watch what, watch what Paul says. Looking for that blessed hope. And you know what? Ask, ask your loved ones. Ask your loved ones. Are you looking for that blessed hope? Don't be scared. Some of us in here got loved ones in our family. It's old and sick. Diabetes and high blood pressure. They getting up out of here. One day you're going to get a call. Talk to them when they still in their senses. Are you looking for that blessed hope? I just don't look at Blanche. Blanche, are you looking for that blessed hope? Better be. You've been, you've been with me all this time. Are you looking for that blessed hope? Mommy, are you looking for that blessed hope? Sonny boy, you out there gang banging and everything, you know. Preachers, preachers putting gang bangers in heaven. That's scary to me. I, I stopped doing funerals. I stopped getting in the pulpits with these guys. They, they hey, Pastor, you want to come up here? No. I don't know what you're going to say. And I ain't co-signing on that. I don't know what Junior into. Well, Junior in heaven now. He rested in peace. He with the angels. Don't know a Bible verse. Ain't never gave a dollar to the church. Ain't never stepped into a church. Don't have no pastor. Let me that's a, that's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. Now I don't have a heaven to hell to put anybody in. But it's a bad sign when you ain't got nobody to cook you no know, collard greens. <laughs> Are you looking for that blessed hope? See, see, this is how you stand. See, this is how you walking with the Lord. You stand in the spirit and you keeping yourself in the love of God. You looking for that blessed hope. Oh, you're not just looking for a blessed hope. Watch what Paul says. Watch what Paul says. And no, see, see, I, I don't want no average death. Uh-uh. Paul says, looking for that blessed hope. Watch this. And the glorious. Amen. The glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. That is, that is, that is wonderful. See, some, some people, I don't, you know, I'm looking for the blessed hope. No, I'm not looking just for the blessed hope. I'm looking for the blessed hope. But when the Lord come and get me, I want it to be glorious. I want it to be glorious. I want it to be a glorious appearing. How about that? I want it to say, well done. Well done. 
my good and faithful servant. Listen, Paul says, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I kept the faith. You know, let me tell you something. We're going to talk about keeping the faith. Is it easy to keep the faith? No. But it's commanded. It's commanded that we do. It's not easy. See, see, we got this. See, see, some of y'all stop watching these folks with 30,000 members. Jesus had 30,000 members. Jesus had a 30,000 member church. If you go to John 6, Jesus had 30,000 men. He might have had a million members. And you know what he did? He said, these rascals don't know what they about. And in John 6, and I think around 65, 6, 7, and 8, he turned to them and said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, meaning i got to be everything to you. you got to be willing to die for me. And know what they said? They understood. He didn't have to speak in no different languages or nothing. They turned. The Bible said they turned. He said, they said, that's hard. That's a hard saying. And the Bible said, and they turned. Not 180. 360. And walked away. And followed him. That's what the Bible says. And they turned and followed him no more. Meaning, they died and went to hell. Uh, Pastor, you talk, you know, you know, you, uh, well, if you turn and follow him no more and die, you go into hell. That's just the Bible. Amen. Yeah. Somebody used to tell me all the time, they say, you know, it's hard, but it's fair. Oh, God. Let me give you one more. Let me. Let me give you one more. I'm starting to sound like the, the kids at the prison, you know, and I used to preach at the prison. They would, they would keep track of how many times I said, okay, I'm about to quit. They would keep track. And, they, you know, they would keep throwing me signs. And like, I'm like, oh, I ain't. Oh. <laughs> they, they, but ain't that beautiful? Looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I just mentioned earlier this, today some of the folks that have passed through here and they have heard the message of the gospel and, and, and they can look forward to a glorious appearance. We can think about our loved ones that have gone on to be with the Lord. This is what makes preaching hard. See, this is what makes preachers compromise. This is what makes preachers scared because you look at that folks that they know some of our loved ones didn't have a glorious appearance. Oh, my God, let me stop. Look at Second Peter. Look at 2 Peter 3.14. Here. Watch this. We're talking about how to stay in the love of God. Okay? So 2 Peter 3.14 says this. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things. Here we go. Here we go. Be diligent. Be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. How about that? You see what Paul's saying? Or Peter's saying? He's coming. See? He's coming. So people are, you know, the world coming to an end. No, the day you die, the world came to an end. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Okay? See, you know, y'all been waiting on the Lord to come. The world, y'all talking about the world going to end. No, the day you take your last breath, the world has ended. That's just the truth. And, 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 and Peter is saying to these, to these folks, he's saying, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things. Such things as what? Heaven. Heaven. See, saved folks looking for heaven. Unsaved folks looking for a good time. Okay? Party over here. Party over here. Saved folks is looking for heaven. We didn't partied out. God didn't call us out of darkness. He didn't call us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And now we're looking for a, a blessed hope and a glorious appearing. But Peter says here, he says, be diligent. I like that word, diligent. Be serious about this. Put some work and effort to be found of him in peace. In peace. Is there anything worse? You're running there, folks. No peace. There is nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing worse than someone saying, I'm a Christian and have no peace. No peace. I don't even think that's possible. I, don't, I would question, I would question their salvation. I would question that, 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 that do you really understand what it means to be a Christian? Because we serve the God of peace. Okay? For me to say I don't have no peace. Me and I, I don't have no peace in my house. Now, Krita get on my nerves. Amaya will call me 20 times in a row. Papa, 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 papa. I'm like, dude. Papa, then she, then she changes it. Papi, papi, papi. I'm sitting here like, Okay. Yeah, how about that? But 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 for me to say I have no peace. There's our verse. There's our verse, Sylvia. If you have no peace, if you sitting here today as a woman of God, a man of God, a child of God, you have no peace. The Bible says this study to show yourself approved. Find out why you don't have no peace. It's there. It's there. The scriptures are full of answers to man's problems. Somebody said it was biblical instructions before leaving earth. So you don't have no peace. It ain't God's fault. Let a man examine himself. Okay, how's the rest of that go? Let a man examine himself. Where Deacon Nails when I need him? Let a man examine himself to what? To make sure to see that he's in the faith. So, listen, if you don't have no peace, there's a good chance you ain't in the faith. I don't care what, I don't care what Reverend Do-Wrong say. You can't come to me every, every week. Oh, Pastor, I don't have no peace. I'm going to say something wrong. You might not have the spirit of God living in you. Okay? Because God did not give us the spirit of fear. But he gave us power and love and a sound mind. One more, I'm close. 
One more, I'm going to close. How many is that? All right. I got to preach a long time. Dave is here. I ain't preached, I ain't preached at him a long time. I'm going to get him. I'm going to be going in overtime, Dave. <laughs> Hope you saved all your timeouts. Look at love. Look at, look at, look at Ephesians 5.2. This is my last one for sure. <laughs> it's not. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. It's not. I got two more. <laughs> Ephesians 5.2. Watch what, watch what Paul's saying here again. He says, walk in love. Wow. Wow. Walk in love. How about that? As Christ also have loved us. How about that? Love is an action word. Somebody sent me a text this week and they say, Pastor, they say, Pastor, you know, you you exhibit the love of God toward us because the way you love us. But love is an action word. You can tell somebody you love them all day. It, 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 what it means is just words of you. You know, you, you don't even talk to them. Don't spend no time with them. I love you. And you, and you, 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 you play a mat all day. And you watching the football games. I, oh, I love you, though. Jesus loved us. How many of you know you can call on Jesus? What's the song where you say, Jesus is on the main line? Watch this. Walk in love. As Christ also have loved us. Whoa. That's deep, ain't it? Miriam, you know, Christ has loved us. Even when we were lost and dead in our trespassing sin, he still died for us. What kind of love is that? The very best. He gave us his very best love. And, and, and now we say we, we, we God's children and we don't love like he loved. Wow. Let me tell you something. I love a lot of people. I'll grab their hands. Cindy and I, every once in a while, we'll hold hands. I, I love playing with Amaya's hands. I just play with their hands. But you know what? I've never seen in either one of their hands when I'm holding their hands. Nail prints. I never see no nail prints. When I hold their hand, I rub their hand. I don't see no holes. Okay? The greatest act of love was when Jesus was crucified on Calvary's cross. When they nailed him to the cross. That's love. That's love. And, and, and if, we, if we have the spirit of God living in us. Then we're gonna love like he loves. At least we're gonna give it up. We're gonna give it our very best. We're gonna give it our very best. How about that? How about that? Let me close. Let me close. I'm, I'm done. I feel like I've preached for two hours. I know when to quit. We got this is gonna be a long series because we're gonna learn how to walk in the spirit. We're going to learn how to walk in the spirit. I mean, we not learn how to walk in the spirit, but we're going to be exhorted how to walk in the spirit. We're going to be encouraged to walk in the spirit without fear. Without fear. Because we, we, can't, save a, we can't save a world. We can't save a lost soul if we're scared. Okay? Because God did not what? He didn't give us a spirit of fear. Amen. Precious Lord, thank you for 
Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, Father God, for calling me out of darkness, Father God. But I, I didn't want to come. I enjoy being in the dark. I, mean, I enjoy doing dark things. I didn't know anything about this glorious light that you was calling me for. But I'm so glad you called me. I'm so glad you called me. I'm so glad you didn't give up on me. I'm so glad that you loved me when, when the world thought I was unlovable. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your mercy and your kindness. Thank you for this church. Thank you for these folks that come out week in and week out to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray that the the word of God will not return void. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Amen.